Amen. I'm going to open our Bibles again uh, and read a second passage uh, from Luke chapter 11. You might perhaps see why, because it mentions uh, the Holy Spirit in this passage. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 to 13. So Jesus says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think it's common for all of us uh, from one time to another to ask ourselves this question. Um, If God is good, and we know he is good, if God is good, then why is my life still filled with so many problems? And why is the life of so many others who I know love God also filled with so many problems? Maybe you've asked that question before of yourselves. Or maybe you've heard that question put to you. It can be even a big stumbling block to faith, can't it? If God is so good, why all the problems? So everything from the minor inconveniences in our lives, you know, that question we always ask, why is it when I join a queue at the supermarket, I always join the slowest one? Why, Lord, if you loved me, you would have directed me better. Or when you're in a hurry and you're in the car and all the traffic lights seem to be red, Again, Lord, if you're good and you love us, why do you make these things happen in our lives? Small and trivial things, but they still bother us, don't they? Or the big things, the more serious things. Lord, if you loved me, why don't you give me enough money to get by? Or Lord, if you loved me and you're good, how come I don't have the place I need to live? Or the partner I want in life? Or the job I so desperately want Or even the health that I so seem to lack. Lord, am I asking for too much? Or am I not asking enough? God, if you're good, why are you not doing these things in my life? I've prayed many of those kinds of prayers, seeking the Lord for the things I wanted or needed. Sometimes he answers them and sometimes he doesn't seem to. But we've prayed, we've sought him, we've lived the best we could. Why is he not holding his end of the bargain so seemingly? Even this passage, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be opened. And yet so many of us find we're knocking and the door doesn't seem to open. What's going on? And it's a really important question. The short answer to this, if you are worrying about it is that God is good. And he does want to give us good things. We need to really hold on to that truth. Verse 9, look at verse 9. He does say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. 
Or verse 11, which of your fathers, if your son, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Sometimes my children uh, in the morning, they want a boiled egg with soldiers. Anyone still do boiled egg and soldiers? Best way to have them, eggs. Anyway, my children will ask for boiled eggs and soldiers. And what if I said, I'm sorry, it's scorpions this morning. (laughs) And even I, as an imperfect father, and I could do a lot better as a father, or even if I was a rubbish dad, a scorpion would just be uh, unheard of, wouldn't it? But yet so many of us view God a bit like he is a bad father. That we secretly think he's not going to give us the good things or the things that we need. That secretly he's just, he's a little bit, um, wants to teach us a lesson a lot of the time. So here's your lesson, I'm going to give you a scorpion instead. We sometimes can be a little bit suspicious of God. But Jesus reminds us, if even dads like me know to give an egg when an egg is required, how much more our Father in heaven? We need to remember that he is indeed good. So I'm just going to give us two reasons then why perhaps we find that that's not the case or we find, is that really true, God, and not matching with our own experience? A couple of reasons. Firstly, I sometimes think we have a wrong understanding of who God is. Sometimes we have a wrong understanding of who God is. We treat him and relate to him wrongly. Let me explain that. I call it um, my uh, petrol station illustration of how we treat God. Sometimes we treat God our Father Uh, like we might a petrol station before we go on a long journey. Okay, let me explain it. Imagine you're going on your car uh, and you're going on a a long journey and you know that you need to stop at the petrol station either before you go or on your your route. What do you want from the petrol station? Well, you want to go there, you want to fill up the car so that you have enough petrol to get where you want to go. You might buy some snacks for the journey. You might uh, pump up the tires. You might wash your windscreen, get everything you want ready for your journey to get to where you want to go, right? Sometimes we treat God a little bit like that. God, I have a destination I want to get to. And before I go or on that journey, I'm going to need to stop with you from time to time to get what I need. You can uh, pump up the tires, put the fuel in the tank, give me the snacks I need, so that I can go safely and happily to my destination. And we sort of leave the petrol station and wave it goodbye and only stop again when we need a refill. Do you understand the illustration? Many of us treat God like that. We really do. We turn to him when we want something. We stop and pray when it's talking about and the need to get to where we want to go. It's our destination, it's our journey, it's our life, it's my car. And we stop with God and we expect him to give us all the things that we need and want in our lives. I wonder, when God says, I'm a father, 
does that fit with that illustration of who God is? It doesn't, does it? Perhaps some of us do treat our parents a bit like that. <laughs> and as a parent, you might know how that feels. Of course, you're happy to do that as, as a loving parent, but you want more than that, don't you? What if it's more like, actually, rather than you going on your journey and treating God like a petrol station, maybe it's more like a family holiday where actually you're all going together and the father is in the car and he is taking us to the good destination and he's enjoying the journey with us and he will provide the things we need as we go, but he is in the car with us. He is deciding where we're going. We only ask, are we there yet? <laughs> are we there yet, Father? That's a big difference, isn't it? Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father in the car with us. Singing our songs, winding down the window and playing the games. But he's in the driving seat. Now, actually, the reality is many of us don't want God in the driving seat of our lives because we're more obsessed with our own destinations, our own goals, our own agendas. And so sometimes when we're asking for God for all these things we want, sometimes he's like, well, you've left me at the petrol station. I'm not with you. Pentecost the giving of the Holy Spirit when Jesus ascended. Is God saying, I want to be right in the center of your life? More than the center, I want to be in your life. Where you go, I will be with you. And where I go, you will be. The presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Look what Jesus said in verse 13 of that Luke 11 passage. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God's answer to many of our prayers for all these needs that we have, often the answer is, okay, are you ready and willing to receive the Holy Spirit? Because if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you have everything. You've got God in the car with you. Things will change. The destinations might change. Who's in the driving seat might change. But you'll have everything you need because God will be in the car with you. And the journey might not be easy. It might go through rainy times where you've got the windscreen wipers on. You might be going through dark valleys. You might get a puncture. You might have a breakdown. You might see all sorts of things on that journey. But God's in the car with you. What difference does that make? So often our prayers are answered simply by God saying, let me give you the Holy Spirit. He knows what to do. He knows what you really need. He will be your constant companion, your joy when you're sad, your strength when you are weak. He will do all those things. And later on in the service, we're going to give an opportunity for all of those to sort of um, come forward during communion to receive anointing with oil as a sign of you saying, Lord, here are all my needs. I bring them all to you. May I receive your Holy Spirit that you may answer them in my life. So that's one reason I think we 
misunderstand who God is and what he wants for our lives. The second is that we don't always understand what is actually good for us. See, we might have a long list of things that we think we need and want, but they don't always match up to what God thinks we need. Does that make sense? It, Jesus, um, in his gospel ministry, when he was uh, with his disciples, he was once teaching his disciples in a room, in a crowded room. And do you remember that story where um, they start hearing noises in the roof because uh, several men have climbed up onto the roof and dug a hole in the ceiling. And as soon as that ceiling, that hole is uh, open, they lower a man who's paralyzed down on a mat in front of Jesus in the hope that Jesus would heal him. Do you remember that story? And Jesus does a surprising thing, doesn't he? He says to that man, the first thing he says to that man was not get up, take your mat and walk and healed his legs. The first thing Jesus said to him was, your sins are forgiven. Then he gets in a bit of, bit of trouble for saying that. But then later he says, so you know that I really am God. He says to the man, your, pick up your mat, walk uh, and carry on. So he does heal the man. Now, imagine you met that paralyzed man later that day. You imagine it? You meet him later. He's filled with joy, isn't he? He's skipping along, using his new legs and everything. And you asked him, what was the most important thing that Jesus has done for you? He would say, he healed my legs. Look, he's transformed my life. I'm renewed. I, I couldn't walk before. And look, and I've got a glorious future ahead of me. I couldn't be more thrilled. Now, imagine... Now that it's 2,000 years later, imagine you could meet that man again today after 2,000 years of being in glory with Jesus. Right? Can you picture that now? He's been 2,000 years, 2, years with the Lord in glory since that day. Imagine you could ask him the same question today. What was the most important thing Jesus did for you that day? What would he say? My sins were forgiven. My sins were forgiven that day. I may not have seen it or known it to be the most important thing, but by far it was. And I bet he would say today, whether he healed me or not, really wasn't relevant. Because I've been with him for 2,000 years and it will stretch on forever. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. He is good. And that he, the paralyzed man would say, I saw him die on that cross and I realized that was for me. And I realize now I have a greater healing than even the miracle he did with my legs. He healed my heart. He restored my soul. He redeemed me from the pits of hell and brought me to a glorious future I never deserved. And here I am 2,000 years on enjoying it, never having to fear ever again about my life. That's the greatest thing Jesus did for me that day. Sometimes, friends, we have a deeply wrong perspective on what we need. We don't see, we're so short-sighted. We see only the things in front of us. We do not see eternity. And because we don't see eternity, we don't see the cross properly. And because we don't see the cross properly, we don't see Pentecost properly. Pentecost is not God saying, here's, 
here's, here's the Holy Spirit who will just be your servant and give you all the things you think you need. It's his, the Holy Spirit, that you and I will never be separated ever again in life or in death. Through the worst times or through the best times, he will never leave you or forsake you. You can never be separated from the Holy Spirit, not even on the last day of your life. When everyone is separated from you, the Holy Spirit will not be separated from you. He will always forgive you. He will always wash away your wrongdoings. He will always restore you in God's presence. You never have to fear judgment. You never have to fear the Lord. All your guilt and condemnation removed and proper, proper healing and wholeness and peace can enter your heart. What is the greatest thing Jesus has done for us? What is our greatest need today? It is that we would receive the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, God does love us and take care of our day-to-day needs. He knows when I'm bothered about the traffic lights. And he knows, like a good father, when I've hurt my knee. And he does, of course, bring love and tenderness. Sometimes he gives us the things we've asked for. Sometimes they align just right, and God will answer that the way we thought he would. Maybe that sometimes is a healing of some kind, bodily healing a healing of the mind or the soul or the spirit. Maybe it's an answer to prayer with a relationship or maybe it's the money that we needed. He does do those things. But we mustn't treat him as if he's that petrol station. Sometimes we view faith as a kind of currency. If I've got enough of it, I could buy lots of really good things with God. Jesus actually says, if you've got this much, Almost anything can happen because you're trusting in me. We trust Jesus with our problems. We don't buy him to answer our prayers the way we want them answered. So yes, let's look to him this morning. Let's bring to him all our small concerns and our big concerns. Whether we think they are righteous or unrighteous, bring them to the Heavenly Father. He hears them and knows them and knows what to do. He will give us his Holy Spirit. But then let's not wave the fist at him when we don't get what we think we want. Imagine any three-year-old. Imagine any three-year-old. You gave a three-year-old whatever they wanted, whatever they asked for it. It'd be catastrophically bad. We are like three-year-olds with the Lord. Let's just trust him. Maybe we'll receive a healing. Maybe we'll receive peace. But God will know what to do. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. So as we come to him this morning, Pentecost Sunday, in this service of healing and wholeness, we look to Jesus, the cross, the resurrection and the ascension to give us true healing and wholeness in our body, mind, soul, spirit. And above all things, let's do that thing that God really wants and say, Lord, whether I live or die, I'm at peace because you are with me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that he 
applies and brings the true redemption of our souls through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Open up our eyes to see in the light of eternity what our true needs are and what the true answers are. And then may we be of one heart and mind with you, Father, praying for exactly the right thing, which is more of you, which is to know the nearness of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, every step of our walk on this earth and into eternity, never for once knowing one moment without his presence, but always knowing that he will never leave us or forsake us. May he be our closest friend and comforter and may we see him do marvellous things in our lives and in our church as we give him, Lord, the steering wheel of our lives, as we let him set the destinations, as we happily trust him with our lives. And so, Father, we give you all the glory and to your Son and to the Holy Spirit, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Can I ask us all to stand together? We're going to share in the peace. And as we share in the peace, let's recognize that it is only the Holy Spirit who can bring peace. He is the peacemaker between heaven and earth and between all the brokenness of this world. So the peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. Let us offer one another a sign of this peace.